Brass, Lancashire, SimCity Build It and Into the Inferno. This is Staying In. Do you know what? I'm, I'm, right. I want to stay positive. Oh, God. This charity mail stuff that we are doing is great. Yes. We have had people join us. Loving it. Absolutely loving it. Do, right. Here's the thing that I love about it. So far, it's given me definitely a thing to work towards. Uh, it, I feel like I'm measuring more about how my what my actual exercise exercise in daily life actually is by just using this app and just being like, right, I'm walking to work. Put on the little app, and then it's measuring my steps in the Charity Miles app, and then and then I get at, at the end of it and I hit yes. And I'm like, I've just, I've just raised some money. I just raised some money for some whatever, you know. Like, it's great. Some, and that's good. And also, um, I like the fact that I can see everyone doing it. Like, it's really, it's, it's really cool. Like this idea of everyone sort of pushing together to do the same thing. Yeah, it's kind of a community aspect, isn't it? It's really lovely. Yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it as well. Although I keep forgetting to turn it on. I get like halfway down the road. I'm like, oh, yeah. damn it. Yeah, that's the thing. It's I'm trying to work it into my life. Um, Chris, how are you doing with it? I'm I'm like Daniel. Turning it on, off, and on is a tricky thing for me. I only use it for running essentially. So when I have my app to measure the distances I've travelled in that regard, really, yeah. Because I drive to work. My walking isn't as um, sustained as it is for the for you guys, mm. um, really. So to really get the most out of it. Just to add to what you said, Pete, just knowing that it's not just us four doing it, it's great. I mean, it's really cool, it's, isn't it's it? It's wonderful. Like, the fact that people, like, some of these people I've never met before, and yet they've, great. they've very kindly come to join our ramshackled team. Like, genuinely, like, when people join it, I'm like, it's weird. I'm really excited when I see that someone else has joined. Yeah, it's weird, but in a really good way, right? Because it's like, it's like, oh. This is a person that knows too much about like we have shared secrets with on this podcast. Like and like they know a bit about it and they're still prepared to to hit the button and walk with us. I think that's lovely, genuinely. I mean al- already we've already raised like approximately like thirty dollars. For Just, doing basically nothing. Yeah, it's amazing. And it as you say, it does you do get that feeling of, yeah, I've just raised a bit of money. Or as I say, when I forget and I and I have missed it turning on. Part of me is like, oh, I, all, I've done all that walking, and I've not got anything yeah. for it. I, I should have been earning yeah. money for this. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And like, I mean, it does mean that in conversations now, I've been turning around to people, and they say, oh, so what do you do? And I go, I'm a philanthropist. I just I do a lot of charity work every day. But it, but it, what a great way to start your day, Pete. You yeah. get to work, and you've raised money for charity. I mean, it's, it's, nice. it's yes, it's a tiny amount, but it's still an amount, and it will build up, and it will accrue. Exactly. And and it's it's that healthy competition that it's it's exactly. you competing with yourself to want to support a charity of your choice. Isn't that just a, a wonderful thing, really? It's lovely, and I love it. Um, and big big thanks to the kind of the people who have also joined us as well. So it's, it's yeah, not, it's not just us. We've got another, I think, four of the people have joined her, a part of the team. Um, and so thank you to them for joining as well and kind of adding to the scores. Um, I think we're all we're all uh, raising money for Stand Up to Cancer. And I think some mm. of the other people have joined there raising money, I think, for World Wildlife Fund, which is amazing. Yeah. And it's just, it's really yeah. nice 
just to kind of see those kind of things and kind of I'm trying to keep track of kind of how much we've run, how much we've raised, who what we've raised for which charities and stuff like that. So hopefully kind of over the months I'll be able to keep us abreast of all of that changes. But really enjoying it. I I, I salute you, Pete, for finding this app. Well, salute accepted, Dan. Put your feet up for the rest of the year, Pete. Off off I go. I'm trying to have an open conversation and see how you guys are doing. What? Dan, we never ask each other how we are. Exactly. exactly. I'm just playing, just bit, bit, bit. I'm not, this is going completely off script. <laughs> Thought I'd just throw this open to the group. What are you up to? Hey, how, how, how are we doing? I haven't spoke to you in a while. Uh, good. <laughs> good. <laughs> it's true, honestly. Like, I was talking to uh, someone about this the other day. I said, like, yeah, I've got these really close mates with this podcast. And yeah, I, I like, they were like, oh, cool. Um, and, it suddenly dawned on me that, like, the kind of basic questions and the basic things about, you know, your mates mm. that most people know, I generally don't really. What do you want to know about me, Chris? I don't know. I just nothing. I'm an enigma. Pete, I like the fact that you. I like the fact that you're a bit of an enigma. Yeah. Well, and I'm worried that the more I know about you, yeah, the less enigmatic you'll become. Yeah. I'm Unfortunately, like a... every episode's a new mystery. Yeah. Exactly. I'm like. I'm like. Um. I'm like a sci-fi series where there's like tons of universe and backstory and lore. You don't actually want to know what's really happening. No. Well, I mean, look at the Han- look at the Han Solo film and um, the Star Wars. You know, prequels. All right. Yeah, well, yeah. If they, okay, if, they did, yeah. if they did a film called, if Ron Howard directed a film called Willington, yeah, it would spoil a lot of the mystery, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, really? it would just be f- him filming me, just <laughs> sitting on the couch, in your know, pants, scratching my ass. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, in four K, in four K, in beautiful four K, but in that weird like sixty frames a second stuff, Nar- narrated by Werner Herzog. <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, do you, oh, right, okay, like, let's talk, okay, if we want to get real for a second, and we do want to get real for a second, I strongly recommend that you do not, you do not watch Werner, Werner, is it Werner or Werner? Werner Herzog, yeah. Werner Herzog's uh, Into the Inferno, have you heard of this? So I've, it, I've only ever seen one film by Werner Herzog. Oh, and, is that with the prisoners on death row, Dan? That's what I watched, his documentary where he interviewed um, uh, inmates on death row. No, I, I watched a documentary called Cave of Forgotten Dreams. So what's, what's Into the Inferno? Into the Inferno is all about volcanoes, right? And so, no. So I've been really, uh, I, I, I've, I've talked about it previously, but I've been really like, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to declutter my brain at the moment spark and joy. try and and spark joy. And um yeah, I'm trying to like do less genuinely because it is really is genuinely hard for me to do it. And um one of the things so like and it's because I have such a personality that is like do everything immediately. Also put go full force into it. Uh and like um Or as we refer so, to it going full Wellington going full Willington yeah. and I've been trying and trying and trying and I have been quite successful in some of the things that I've been doing um, to, to not just go full on with it um, and so I decided so Alex went off and she, she's just got a new tattoo and she went up to Birmingham to, to go and get a lovely new tattoo it looks fantastic and um, so I was staying at home she had to stay there overnight um, and uh, 
So basically, like, I was staying at home and I was looking after the bun. And I'd had, I was like, do you know what? It's the weekend. I want to feel really nice and relaxed. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I went to the pub and I had a pint with my pals from work, some of my pals from work. Um, then and I fell asleep. Like, right. And I fell asleep. I fell asleep in the pub. Uh, Both of them. Then went to, yeah. Uh, then went to, then came home. And I was like, do you know what? I'm going to order myself some takeout. I haven't had takeout in ages. I just want to relax, have a lovely time. And I ordered a pizza. And it was really disappointing. Uh, but uh, but had, a, had ordered a pizza and thought, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to listen. Uh, I'm going to watch uh, this Into the Inferno by Werner Hotzog because somebody at work really recommended it to me. And, um, and you know, so I'm in this slightly, you know, fragile mind state where I'm like, oh, okay, I'm just trying to chill out and just making sure that everything's dandy and lovely. Um, and so this, this documentary is about volcanoes and, uh, or at least it pertains to be, and it starts off where, cause I was sat there like, yeah, show me cool pictures of volcanoes. Yeah. We great. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to get that with a Werner Herzog film. I don't know who Werner Herzog is. So like, I basically, I was like eating from this like pizza box, just like, yeah, lava's cool. <laughs> and then like, and by the end of it, um, by the end of it, I the 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 documentary finished. The credits had rolled. Netflix had gone on to that. Like, watch the next thing, and like, all you're thinking about is the abyss of time and at the meaninglessness of our time on this planet, and the all human endeavor is pointless. <laughs> it's just like. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if you described that experience to me, I would have probably said, "You just watched the Werner Herzog film, haven't you?" <laughs> I know. If I didn't know Werner Herzog is, I just wanted to watch a fucking documentary about lava. Dan, Pete thought he was watching that 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 old film with Tommy Lee Jones, where a volcano appears in LA. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Or Dante's Peak with Pierce Brosnan. I thought it was going to be like, like this guy was like, "Hello." I look look at volcanoes they are fantastic and like i thought it was just going to be that throughout the entire thing just like so arnold schwarzenegger isn't it yeah arnold schwarzenegger it's, yeah it was a weird choice by Werner <laughs> to, to cast him as that but like he's like oh look at this it's all the lava is flowing out of it it looks incredible and then you're like that is incredible Werner. i'm nom nom i'm eating my three cheese pizza i'm nom 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 and then like and then like on a dime he's like also <laughs> also uh this French couple, they really loved each other and they looked after volcanoes for a really long time and now they're dead. And it's like, okay. And then like, and then he's like, oh, and also at some point soon, the earth will be consumed by fire. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, okay, Werner. I have always kind of thought of him as kind of like the, the kind of the filmmaker personification of like the, the phrase of when you look into the abyss, the abyss looks back into you. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Oh. Nietzsche. And so, and so, I've been trying to enjoy these things, and it just—it was absolutely the wrong thing at the wrong time. Um, uh, but well, you, you, have you seen Pete? Have you seen Moana? I haven't seen Moana. Just Is a that... little animation at the beginning. Yeah. Oh my that's god! A, that's a, that's a, that's... Oh, the um, the lava song. Um, I sing that. I sing the lava song to Toby all the time. I, it's it's amazing. Just it's like, just like a short film, which is a, a, a volcano singing about how he's lonely. It's amazing. Oh, poor volcano. Because it's interesting when I when I was in um, 
and I've talked about it quite a bit when I was in New Zealand. Um, there's like um, there's like myths associated with the volcanoes there. So if you've got volcan certain volcanoes away from each other, like at a distance from each other, it means that once upon a time in myth they fell out of each other. That's oh, why they're that's located really cool. the way they are. They're arranged the way they are. Yeah. Well, there you go, Pete. There's a double bill for you. Into the inferno, followed by Never... uh, the la- the yeah. end credits, and the music is just. Yeah. Yeah. The lava song. Yeah, never again. Uh, I'm, I'm quite careful. I'm, I'm either looking for something that's going to um, spark joy, as you say. Um, yep. Or as or as Mario Kondo would Kondo would say. Um, for Murray. example, recently, uh, just just after Christmas, I went to cinema and watched Mary Poppins Returns, which sparked nothing but joy in me, and it was it was an absolute delight. I think. I think. That I am very glad that we live in an age where you can go and see Mary Poppins, Dan. I'm genuinely very glad that we live in in an age where, like, it's cool for us to say as dudes, like, do you know what? I don't want horrible. (laughs) Like, I don't want grim. What I want is a nice story about a lady who turns up and tidies up, <laughs> right? And, like, that is, and like... slaughters the family. Right, okay. That's a different thing. That's a very different... That's, like, the Werner produces one. But, like, but like you know, like Marie Kondo, for example, or, like, a lady turns up and she looks after some kids. That's nice. Like... What What I actually found quite interesting is I came, when I watched it, I came out of it and it reminded me how much I loved the original Mary Poppins. And I and I thought about it kind of I hadn't hadn't seen the original kind of properly in years and years and years, and I started thinking about what I would consider my favourite films to be. And most of my favourite films Dark. on my list or so were kind of relatively modern films, um, yeah, or films that would kind of really made you think and really kind of had an impact and stuff like that. And I did start to think of like, well, why is that? Why are the films that I class as my favourite films? predominantly kind of these critical darlings and which i love the films and the fantastic films but they're not the films that just bring me joy i love mm. the assassination of jesse james by the coward robert ford does it bring me joy am i happy watching it probably not but i really enjoy the film whereas yeah. watching mary poppins returns filled yeah. me with joy and i just walked out of that cinema skipping and it was it was great there's there's something about there's there's I get really frustrated with with websites like IMDb and stuff like that where I go onto one of those things and I'm like, okay, as a person who doesn't really care about films, I'm like, I'd like to know what the best 50 films are, right? Top 50 films. And you go and see IMDb's uh, top 50 films list or Rotten Tomatoes whoever, or whoever it is. And the top 50 films of all time, they are almost invariably really really upsetting right like they tackle awful things like the 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 worst that humanity can do and i and i got thinking about this this is very real see what you've done dan yeah i know that's lovely brilliant it's great isn't it yeah okay so like we as as a as a society we have for some reason we've 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 categorized our favorite movies um and those favorite movies most of them are about plumbing the depths of human existence, right? How bad things get, right? And this is not a comment on, like, how 
important those movies are or how how quality those those movies are the filmmaking the, the everything that goes into making movies but like i think there is something very telling about our society that prioritizes movies like um uh is it the thin red line or the yeah. uh, or, uh, and like um Shawshank Redemption and uh Schindler's List and um uh, Saving Private Ryan and all of these very meaningful important movies it's I think it says something about our society and our culture as, of absorbing a specific kind of content that it has me slightly maybe not worried but I think it explains a lot like I think we as human beings we really like to consider well i think we get excited about war and violence and conflict and all these horrible things and like if you look at the movies like you know you hear all these people who are like oh best movies uh, fight club best movies godfather best movies uh, scarface like all of these like ho- films about horrible people doing violent stuff and same with you know same with all these you know um yeah all these other movies and stuff what we don't and 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 we 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 put those up on a pedestal and we're like these are amazing incredible artistic achievements and what we don't do what we don't do is we don't put films up there like um we don't put things up there like there isn't very much um there isn't very much comedy there aren't very many rom-coms there aren't very many like romantic adventures right like there aren't very many things that are celebrating the good in humans and i wonder if that's i wonder if that's because it's easier to do things that are dark and grim or and therefore you can reach a higher quality quicker or if we just inherently as human beings find conflict and the things that we we hope never happen to us more more engaging it's really interesting actually because i went through my dvd collection as we, when we were moving a house trying to work out okay what can i you know take to the charity shop that kind of thing and it was interesting going through it and finding that like my favorite like the films that i really really liked and i thought were in my top 10 like you dan weren't the ones that i watched the most and I was surprised to find that out of all the films in my collection, the one I've watched the most is probably Sleepy Hollow. And it sounds bizarre. Like, I, why is that the film I've watched the most? Sleepy Hollow. It's, it's near 20 years old this year. But, but clearly, it resonates yeah. with you. I don't know why. I just like having it around. It's that whole spark of joy thing. Yeah. But I would never have ever have thought about it being in my I top think, ten. I think there is something to be said. And I think it takes a brave critic to do this and a, or a brave person to do this who thinks about you know media a lot. But I think there is something to be said about saying, do you know what? Yes, there is a, a set of movies over here that we have canonically agreed are all excellent, right? But you know what? My favourite movie is What Women Want. Is this, is this your reveal, Pete? Is this, is this what you're saying? Are you a big fan of Mel Gibson fronted rom-coms? No, don't don't ask him to answer Dan. I like the mystery. <laughs> the more you learn, the less of an enigma he becomes. Exactly.
Uh, well, I was going to talk about foam and why I'm excited about it. I could very quickly talk what, about that. Like, what, have you been to a foam party? No. Do you just like bubble baths? No. I mean, he's emptied the whole, he's emptied I mean, his whole bottle of matey. I mean, I do. But, uh, but you don't have yeah. a bath, Pete. How do you cope if you like a bubble bath? No. Yeah, I, I, do you know what? He I, just fills the bottom of the shower down. Do you know what I do <laughs> it's like? It's very shallow yeah. bath. Yeah. It's very shallow. I do like baths, actually. I wish I did. I, I genuinely do wish I had a bath because, like, I do like. I like spending time in the shower. I like time, like, to myself to, 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 to mentally uh, decompress in the shower. And I like doing it in the bath as well. And I do like the old bath bomb as well. But no, we don't have one of those. No, Why don't you. You can get a cheap paddling pool from Argos. That's true. I could, couldn't I, Chris? Genuinely. Uh, so. Um, you're getting naked, hopping on your bike, do a quick 10k, and then hop yep. off, drop in the paddling pool. Yep. You drop into the. Taco probably bites into it, bursts it. Bursts it. Calamity. <laughs> Alex walks in, he just strewed about, water everywhere, Taco yep. swimming. Yeah, matey bottle in a strange place. Um, so, uh, the, the. No, uh, no, what I'm talking about. So, the, the foam thing. Um, so I, I got I, I got very excited about foam recently because um, so one of the things that I have been really enjoying and I have not gone full Willington yet and this is actually proving to be my like this is my crucible Dan this is my crucible um, because I'm actually quite restrained right uh, with my models my war games you say that no legit I've actually nearly f- finished all of my models. And the painting looks really, really good. Well, it looks yeah, 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 yeah. It looks fine. It looks it looks okay from like a, a a foot away, which is my standard basically. If it doesn't look terrible from a foot away, I'm like that'll yeah, be fine. Yeah, thing is though, Pete, Pete, I think it looks really good. You might not because unfortunately for you, you live live with someone who is extremely good at painting. Yeah, yeah, it's a professional yeah, she, artist. She, yeah, a professional artist. Yeah, so she yeah, she's ridiculously good at painting and um uh, and the people actually who uh, the pals that I work with uh they're all really good at painting as well. Um so yeah, they're all, they're all, they're all, they all run ra- uh, laps around me, but it's really nice cuz I get really inspired by how good they are. Um but um yeah, so I've been getting into that and uh and it's been nice. I've been like really trying like one of the things, for example, and this is why it's my crucible, I've got eBay on my phone and I'm like, oh, I could just buy all, of, look at how much, how cheap all of this stuff is and I could just get all of these nice things that I always wanted when I was a kid. Like, I could, yeah, I could get all of this stuff and I could get into this game and 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 it could just go forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and I can buy, I, I, you know, 3,000 points worth of these armies and, you know, all this sort of stuff. Um, and I haven't. Um, and it's, I'm, I'm training myself to not do that. But the one thing that I absolutely must have, and I love it, and I think it is great, is there's a company, and they're called Feldher, F-E-L-D-H-E-R-R, and they make this foam uh, and these cases. And you, you basically, you, you spend all your time painting your, mo- you buy your models, and they're quite expensive, you know, like, they're, they're not, they're not cheap by any, uh, any means. And you have to go through three or four, because you all of them up. <laughs> uh, so, uh, 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 just like an inch thick of paint, just <laughs> yeah. Can't tell what it was. Oh, thin your paints, um, and um, so. But the main thing is time, really, right? You spend all this time, so you, you might spend. I spend maybe like four or five hours, maybe on a model, like total. Maybe maybe about maybe about 
seven or eight hours actually for from from start to finish like putting it all together and gluing it and shaving off the little bits that i don't like and um spraying them with a, a, a color and then putting all the nice little colors on then dotting the eyes and then going like rubbing it all out and then dotting the eyes again and <laughs> getting it just right um so all of that um and then the worst thing is that you then just chuck them back in the box and they all get bashed up and broken and rubbish and it sucks because it's just like you spend all this time on these things and it's really difficult to store them. And also, I don't want a big glass display case because while that looks does look cool if you're really good at doing stuff, and we do have some uh, in a bookcase because uh, some of Alex's are really, really good. Mine are awful and should be hidden away from uh, from out of sight uh, like the, uh, the Hunchback of Notre Dame. But what you can do is you can purchase these cases um, and what the cases do is so some of them, well, the one I bought recently, and this is the one I got really excited about, is um, for, a, for, a, for a game that I'm playing at the moment. And it fits within the box that it all came in, right? So you don't have to get a little separate case. You just take out the inner component of the box that the game came in, and you slide this foam into it, and then you can put all the game components back in, and the models... And it's all the models sit in this specifically cut out foam, and it looks and it looks great and it looks beautiful, and it doesn't take up any more space in the house, and it is genuinely one of my favourite things. That is that is a, a joy sparker, like this this you know these these little cases. So obviously you know these models they take up space. The whole hobby takes up a bit too much space, but just putting it all away and going that was fun and then putting it back up onto the shelf and going that was great and they're safe and sorted and we can play that whenever we want and they'll all look great whenever they come back out again it's been absolutely lovely i got very excited about foam is there anything else you'd want to put in foam pete just to tidy up your life and organize it a bit more um i'd like to put in hmm my well myself sometimes really because like i keep like i keep smashing my shin against the bed <laughs> at the moment that's my thing at the moment i keep stubbing my toe and stuff um what's your mattress like it's a memory foam oh so that's fine it's, it's, it's a more foam that's fine and so it's, it's it's your bed coming out it's, it's your foot hanging out the bed well i i think i think he's banging his foot on the base of the bed not the mattress yeah. Not the mattress. Also, I don't sleep on a mattress on the floor, Chris. No, no, no. What I meant is that I just pictured you asleep with your one foot dangling out of the bed and then just you turn and bash your foot into it. <laughs> oh, right. Thinking... Oh, okay. Yeah, right, right, right. Like it's some like movie in the 60s. Um, yeah, no, it's... Uh, yeah, no. So, I, I don't know. Maybe my foot. Um, but yeah, I, I genuinely... I got, I got I, and, and just mm, putting these little bits together and just... That's the thing. That's the thing that's been really like de-stressing really nice to just sit there and you listen to I listen to Jeeves books audio books oh. um, Jeeves and Worcester do you books. listen to the dramatisations or do you listen no, to no I listen the... to the uh, is his name Cecil the guy who reads them Cecil um, not the dramatisations basically just the the, the audio books read um, and I'm on to like book five now I think uh, I'm doing them all chronologically um, and, uh, and and they're just lovely and just like listening to them and just painting a little thing and just oh so nice <laughs> I've been doing a bad thing with my mobile phone, and you've been doing a well question mark thing with your mobile phone. We've been I playing don't, like don't, 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 don't what? what you're talking about. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay, um, not that thing. Okay. We well, we've been playing SimCity Build It, right? Oh, we have, yes. And I 
would really like to know what you think about it because I am in kind of in two minds about it. Now, are you still playing it? No, that thing has gone. Okay, because I think there was talk about us talking about it on a pre on the previous episode, and you were kind of like, "No, I'm not really playing it anymore." And at the yeah. time, I was very close to stop playing as well. Mm. And then something changed, and now I'm playing it more than ever. Okay, so just to just to fill people in, because obviously. It, it, I don't know. Uh, I, we, we've got the Fortnite audience now, so we have to explain yeah. what SimCity is. Um, so SimCity is a SimCity as a franchise is a game in which you have to build out a city, a simulation of a city, and you have to work out the roads, and you have to build residential areas and commercial areas and industrial areas. You have to worry about pollution and police and fire. And you have to build them out. It's all done on a grid. And uh, you make these little cities run, and there's no real end game. Um, it's more about like, how do you want to build your city? So we talked about like city skylines on like a previous episode, and I said that you know that was basically the ultimate evolution of what, what where SimCity was going. It's like the next big SimCity. So SimCity Build It, which is the one that we've been playing, is the mobile phone uh, version, um, which is the free to play one, and it. Yeah. So and 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 it's free to play. So it's got all of it's got some of the trappings of um, free to play building games, which is stuff like you have built certain buildings and they produce resources. Those resources are specific kinds. So, for example, uh, metal, wood, um, glass, um, seeds. Uh, so you can produce those, and then you put them into you build them, and they take a certain amount of time, and you can skip those with premium currency, um, or you just wait. And then you put them into other buildings and you create other items out of those things. So, for example, you might combine metal with, like, uh, chemicals. And then I think that produces paint. Um, yeah. And uh, and then you use paint and you use, you use wood, that, those, that first set of resources and use this second, more complicated set of resources together to create, to, uh, to upgrade buildings. It feels like quite a a good adaptation of the ideas of the original SimCity games um, and City Skylines and those kind of city building games. But there is some of that free-to-play stuff and I, I guess your mileage will vary depending on your tolerance of that thing. Uh, there are also like events and stuff. I'm assuming that it was an event because there are also like live events. It's a, it's a game as a service, so like there's live events where like, hey, it, at the moment it's Christmas, so you can buy a special Christmas building for twenty thousand simoleons, um, and and other fun stuff like that. And there's other social elements as well. Um, why are you being dragged uh, back into uh, the world of SimCity? Build it, Dan, because I genuinely did not think you would be. Well, I was I was on the verge of dropping out, and that was because yep. I got to the point where I got quite far into the game. I unlocked quite a lot of stuff, and so yep. in order to progress in the game, you constantly got to be upgrading buildings and upgrading different things, and just building up money, building up XP and stuff like that. And it yep. just got to the point that when I needed to upgrade a building or several different things, it was taking so much time to gather those resources because yeah. the higher up you go, the more complex the resources become. And it would take a long, long time to collect these resources. I was kind of like, you know what? I'm just, I'm just waiting for like a day and a half 
to upgrade yeah. a building and then I'm waiting another day and a half. I'm, get, I'm getting nothing from it. So I was, I was on the verge. I was on the verge of dropping out. And then um, what's called a Maya contest started. Ah. And the Maya contest is basically it's a, um, a contest which goes over probably a, few, a couple of weeks and it's split yeah. up into what they refer to as eight seasons and each season will probably last around five days um and within that you 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 at the very beginning you start in the bottom league there are there are eight leagues and you start in the bottom league and you're assigned you're one of 100 people of a similar rating to you so everyone's kind of equal and you are given a list of assignments that you can complete and you'll get points for how many assignments you do on different assignments so an assignment might be you have to produce 30 of this particular resource and then mm-hmm. that's it or you have to upgrade two buildings and that's it and you'll get certain points and the more points you get the higher in the league you are mm-hmm. and then kind of towards the top of those leagues you then get prizes at the end of it if you finish in a probably the top half of that league when it moves on to the second season you move up to the higher league which then has better prices and that goes and goes and goes and so i started just having a go at this and i found that not many people were playing it so when i was doing these assignments i was finishing quite near the top and i was winning prizes and i was like oh oh this is good and then yeah. it finished and i got promoted so to use the the sporting lingo and that's that's what it is i got promoted and yeah. then again i started playing again and Again, not many people seem to be playing, so I was doing really well. And again, I got near the top and I got promoted again. And I'm, a, I think, I'm about to go into season seven, and I'm in the second of the eight leagues now. So I've brilliant got promoted every single time, and I've got to the point now where I'm focused so much on strategy of how I can maximise the amount of points I can get that I'm sitting there thinking, okay, this is the assignment I'm on at the moment whilst that's doing i'm preparing all the resources for the next assignment so as soon as i finish that one i don't have to wait ages i can get in and do all this i'm clearing out deadwood so i've got space to store resources and everything like that i'm at a point now where the new season season seven of the eight starts tomorrow yeah i can't do anything with the game because it's literally he's taking the day off my storage in within the game is full to the brim of resources yeah. i've got about six or seven buildings which are fully kind of ready to be upgraded but i've kind of held off actually doing the upgrading because there will be an assignment that gets me to upgrade stuff so i can just go bam bam done three seconds points so i've just literally kind of gamed the crap out of it in order to make sure when these assignments come around i can bash through them and get higher up because now i'm in like the final two leagues the prizes are pretty good. The prizes are pretty good. So if I were to win the next league, I would get like 200 of the premium currency. And if I were to then win or get towards the top of the final league, which is the top league, the prize is 2,000 premium currency, which would cost a lot of money to get within the game. And I would never pay for a game. I never right. like, in that purchase, ever. So this is kind of like, I've never got to a point where I could actually have all this good stuff. And... I'm really kind of invested in this now. Oh, Dan. Yeah, they've got you, haven't they? So, Dan, how, how long do you spend with each play? You know, when you, when, every time you pick up your phone and dive into it, how long would you say it occupies your time for? It's, it's a, it's a, it's a five-minute thing. 
okay. because it because it's a thing of okay where do where do things stand now i've got it'll it'll show me that five buildings um can be upgraded if i have required resources so i'll look into them okay okay so i need this for this this for this this for this this for this let's uh start making some metal let's start making some glass let's move some of this to start making um some cement i can imagine this being like a transcript from a kind of a mayor office let's make the glass let's yeah, make the wood pretty much yeah make metal yeah. that i'm sure that's okay. how it works i'm sure that's yeah. how it works uh, yeah but it is i mean it is just quick bursts dan i don't know whether to be in awe of you and your time management or slightly worried for you just how much this game is clearly and i don't want to use the word consumed but i am going to use it consumed you it has to an extent, and it's weird. And yeah, I, the way you right, stared I, off into the middle distance then as I was asking you that, that question would suggest that, yes, it has. You're thinking about it now. You're mulling it over. I am. Well, I'm not at the moment because there's nothing I can do. The, the, the we can end of, this now. We can end this whole podcast thing now, Dan, if you just want to... To use a sporting term in terms of baseball, the bases are loaded. I'm ready, I'm ready to go. Every, as soon oh as I start, God. as soon as it all kicks off, and it kicks off at like 5 a.m. tomorrow morning... I, I will wake up around about quarter past six. First thing I'm doing is going on my phone and kicking it all off because I want to. I want to try and get the top spot, I love this. and so I've got to get I off it this. right from the beginning. I all absolutely right. love this. I I think here's the thing. Like it's very clearly like grabbed you, which I think is is fantastic, and I'm so glad that you're having this experience with a free to play game, like because it is really worth doing. Ha having this kind of a free-to-play experience where it's like no I actually really value this I value putting my time into this I can see this progression in my game and I can see myself getting better at this and I do think that SimCity is a game that you can get better at genuinely like uh, like um, I got to the point when I was playing it where I was like right I don't think I'm very good at this so I'm going to go and read a load of Reddit threads and there's a really strong Reddit community um that plays uh, SimCity Build It uh, and talks str about st strategy, about tactics, about, um, for example, um, having like, have you? Uh, are you at the point yet, Dan? Uh, and I don't. Oh, actually, I don't know whether or not I should say this. I don't know whether or not I should say. This. Have you? What device are you playing this on, Dan? I'm playing this on the iPhone. So you're playing this on an iPhone. If you start a new game on a completely different device and you don't log into your account, you can set up what's called a feeder account. Have you heard about this? Feeder cities? No, but I can guess what they would be. Right, yeah. So basically it's like you've got your main city, and that's the one that you're currently playing with, and you've got this feeder city. Because when you start off the game, it's really easy to get hold of stuff like... Um, to get hold of stuff like, you know, the... Um, uh, items that help you expand your land out and so basically if you have a number of these feeder cities you can just suck the resources out of them and make your main city even better and greater as in um, life as in life um so there are there are you know there's there's things like that and then there are strategies like like you've been devising uh dan of you know doing stuff like that using speed up timers um figuring out when to use the disasters because then you can rebuild your um your 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 buildings and i do think that that is really really hecking cool um how have you found because we set up a little clan didn't we and i didn't really we the problem i found with it is i didn't feel like it was very social 
No, so there, there is the there is like a, a club element to it where you can you set up because there are awards, right? Yeah, you set up a club and you can have people join and you kind of it is more like a, a clan. And then um, once you've reached a certain number of members, you can then um, do what is called a club war, where I've not done it because it's not really interested me at the moment. I'll probably try it before I finish, but yeah, I, I'm not interested at the moment. Where you basically attack another group a real life group somewhere else um yeah. i mean you don't attack them in real life that would be criminal but you know <laughs> that would uh, be mean. within the game um so yeah you you attack them and then they attack you and it becomes a war and you damage cities and there's a strategic element of attacking specific cities within a group and stuff like that as i say i've not really gone into that and stuff we do still get kind of um people joining the group but it's fairly random there's no kind of element yeah. that we know the people or anything like that I think um, and there's occasional people will come on saying hey are we going to do a war and stuff and I go hey I don't know um, let's just chill um, <laughs> we're pacifists so uh, yeah so I'll, I will probably try that at some point before I finish because I have to say once I finish this season the, well, this kind of this kind of league whatever it is um, yeah the issues I had before are still going to be there that it's going to take a long time to upgrade stuff and that all that however I don't think I could go back into another season another group of leagues even though um, kind of the rewards if you can if you could do well are great and like for example in the last round I finished second and I got like 80,000 of the soft currency that was my prize plus some random other gems and stuff like that which is actually a really good prize and it would take me a long time to create that that amount of kind of gold outside of yeah. that yeah. but I would compare it in a, in a way to a game we played before Subterfuge hmm. where I think we all agreed that we all got too involved with it and yeah. we pretty much me. to a person all said when we finished don't want to loved it but do not want to play that again because hmm. it kind of just constantly was on my mind and it's a similar thing with this I mean I'm actually enjoying the fact that I've got all my city kind of locked and loaded because I don't I can't look at it at the moment because there's nothing I can do I'm enjoying this yeah. kind of reprieve that I'm just gonna yeah. it, it's actually quite nice um, and so but I'd compare it to that that feeling of real intense focused gameplay um, mm. which I can I will enjoy this one time and then I'll probably have to say no I, I can't do that again if you like the economics and the management of a Sim City builder, I played a game last week that, on the face of it, sounds quite banal in terms of its theme. Um, mm. But I genuinely think, Dan, that you would love it and really enjoy it because there is a real sense of satisfactory about its elegant, elegant mechanics, about the engine building, working your way through tech trees, and seeing a logical cause and effect by what you invest in and how you reap the rewards of that later on. And also, it's not about empire building. In fact, the game, you quickly realise as you're playing the game, that if you try and go out and just get the most of stuff, you will pay massively for that later down the line. You cannot sustain that model, as in life. And this game is Brass Lancashire. So this is a board game... <laughs> It so does it, sound dry, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does. And I'd, I'd seen it in passing because it's quite... Well, the first iteration of it, I think, came out in 2007. This is designed by Martin Wallace. 
and this is a re-skinning of it that came out last year and there are two variants of it there's brass lancashire brass birmingham ostensibly the same game but i think they're slightly different right like mechanics there's like a, the odd is mechanic. this like a ticket to ride thing yeah basically yeah but just for these two things we played the lancashire version really and this is my neighbor that brought this round and he'd not long had it and he'd never played a complete game of it because the game occurs in two stages it's set during the industrial revolution so I'm, I'm trying to really make this theme sound as sexy as I possibly yeah, can. Oh, it's exceptionally sexy. It's economic. Please, please stop. It's a little oh. too sexy for my ears. Should oh. I read it like... I could read it like it's an M&S advert, but go on, probably go won't. On, go on, do it. Do so it. we're talking economic. We're oh. talking industry and manufacturing. Oh. We're talking transportation. Oh. We're talking hand management. Oh, I'm talking hand management myself right now. Oh, Root hey. network building as well. So... It basically happens in two phases. There is the canal phase and the um, the railway phase. And I'm not going to take you through every single mechanic of it. Okay. All I'm going to say is this. You build networks, trade routes. You find places to you know develop coal, mine coal. And this is the great bit, is that certain buildings, because you're basically competing um, um, uh, owners of cotton works, and you're competing with each other to control the board, like Ticket to Ride, actually, but instead of building rail networks, you're building transport networks. And I cannot explain the satisfaction you get where it's like where you've lined up the dominoes just perfectly. Right. So when you do that little flick, you knock one and they all fall over. So knowing that I can build that tile, because if I follow the network along, there's a, there's a, a cube of coal there just waiting for me to take out that I can then build that building along the line. Which and then once it's the last cube of coal on that tile, I flip it over and immediately score the points from it. That's fantastic. That is just great. That is like I'm having like a bag of Revels, and fifty percent of the bag are the flavour that you like. Ooh. And you're thinking, ah, oh, do I really want to well, carry on with this? Can we tackle this? Can yeah. we tackle this, please? What we is can the, indeed. What is the which? If you could choose. This is a very important question. If you could choose half of the Revels bag to be 50 percent one flavor, what would that be? What would that look like for you? The one that is like the Maltesery one that isn't called Malteser for legal reasons, but it's slightly bigger and chunkier, right? And it's like a Malteser. Definitely not coffee. Definitely not coffee. Isn't there like isn't there like a like a toffee one? There is a toffee yeah, one. Like Dan. a soft, soft. That's the one I'd go for. I would see. I would go minstrels. Well, if I yeah, but if I want, I've got the, I can just get minstrels. And the good thing about the minstrels is it's a pretty safe one because you can tell which one it is in the bag. That's that that's true. It's like the only one that you know. Yeah, and you're right, Dan. Absolutely. Like, yeah, I could just buy a bag of minstrels, and often, I do. <laughs> uh, I uh, okay. So now that we've sorted that, other out, brands are available. Other brands yeah, so, of yeah. And yeah. and it's great. So you have in front of you. It's one of those board games where we've all done it, where you've looked at it and thinking, "Oh my gosh, that's impenetrable." Mm -hmm. But when you actually sit down and play, you think, "Actually, I only need to focus on this little bit now, and the stuff in the future I'll get to it when I get to it because I can't get to it yet until I've cleared this bit." Right. And it becomes a lot more manageable. There's a process, there's a logic. These are just tech trees, and I start at the bottom and I work my way up. And mm. um, I am building uh, cotton works. I am building kind of coal supplies, iron supplies. This kind of thing, shipping. Mm. And then once I've worked my way up these levels then, um, I essentially, the game ends when you exhaust all your cards because you play cards and those cards determine which industries you kind of work with. So a lot of your choices mm. are mitigated by the cards you've got on your hand. So this hand management thing that you love, Pete, 
really play comes into its element there because you're not overwhelmed by all these possible choices. Yeah, we got to the end of it. It was about two hours. And we genuinely really enjoyed our time with it. And I would never have thought that a game about economics mm. um, would have appealed to me in that regard. It, do, it also helps also that Roxley have turned what is a very dry-looking game. If you look at the art from the 2007 version of it and you look at it now, it looks gorgeous. Right. It looks like something you want to put on your wall. The, the north of England, it's beautifully, this, this kind of beautiful watercolour painting. It also helps also that I could see where we live on the board and, you know, where Sam lives. Right. And, yeah, it's really quite lovely that I'm playing a board game that's got these locations on it, like, near where I live. It's not just generic England. That these yeah. are actual industrial towns, because where I live in the north of England, really big part of the Industrial Revolution. So it, that that added a little bit of um, appeal to it, I suppose, as well. But yes, I can really recommend it. So if you see it being played, brass, um, don't turn your nose up of it. Give it a go. Give it a look. I honestly recommend it. Genuinely, I think, particularly you, Dan, uh, I genuinely think you'd really enjoy it. I genuinely think, Dan, you would be really good at it. I think you would. Um, I was not good at it <laughs> at all because I just, that part of my brain, the numbers side of it, I, I, I just couldn't hold it all together, really. But my partner, uh, who's an economist, she just marched on ahead of all of us. She almost lapped my neighbour around the board. She was incredible, just in terms of just getting that network and just seeing like, like the code almost like the Matrix. Um, yeah, it was it was just brilliant. So I, 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 But yet again, it's one of those great games where I came to the end of it. I didn't care. I had so much fun in those little moments of satisfaction of making the networks all link and things. The appeal in there was strong enough that I didn't care that I'd lost. So yeah, Brass Lancashire. Hmm. Check it out. Also, listen. Hey, we have a... Uh, an appropriate question, a still just about appropriate question okay. uh, f- from uh, from our listeners. Um, so, um, Neil Bailey has got in touch with us. Hello, Neil. How did he get in touch with us, Pete? Um, I don't know. Uh, basically, um, uh, Neil got in touch with us. Was it Facebook? Might have been Facebook. I don't know. Can, they, can tw- they get in touch with Facebook, or is it, or is it Instagram? <sighs> is it Snapchat? Is it I don't know MySpace? Is it Zuka? Is it MySpace? Zuka. Do you remember Zuka? <laughs> oh my god. The worst bits of Facebook. The yeah. worst bits of Facebook plus more bullying. Um so uh Neil Bailey's gone in touch with us, uh, which you can do at staying in pod uh via Twitter or Facebook or stayinginpod at gmail.com. Uh oh, and ne- Neil so hello Neil. Um Neil says uh, what game are you most looking forward to in 2019? That's a really good question. Like some of the questions that we get, I mean, all the questions that we get are great, but some <laughs> of the questions are like really, really like precise. Whereas this one's like, lads, <laughs> like, what, what games are you looking forward to in 2019? Um, and I guess that can be any kind of games. Um, so I'm going to throw this over to you, Chris, not to talk on the behalf of the group, but to begin the discussion. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've got two. Oh, for God's sake! No, no, I know, I know, I know. But like one, uh, one is um, developed by Night School, okay. who did Oxenfree, yep. which was a game I really, really adored, and we talked about it on a previous episode of this pod. They've got a game coming out this year called After Party, where okay. two friends end up in hell, 
And it, it's kind of like a fun type of hell, almost like a good place esque yeah. version of hell. So it's a little bit softer, some lovely kind of neon colours. And they realise there's a loophole that if they can out drink Satan, they can get out of hell. And the whole premise of the game is for them to try and do that, essentially. And it's okay. it's got the same kind of mechanics of Oxen Free, side scrolling, story led primarily. And I just, I really love Doxen Free. I love the aesthetic. And I think I'm just, no, I'm going to have a good time with this. I trust this game's company's um, work. Um, this is, the, I think, their second game. Okay. Um, yeah, I, anything they put their name to, I'm going to play. And I'm really drawn more to these quieter story-led indie titles. These shorter bursts, like Night in the Woods last year, say, for example. I'm currently playing Spider-Man. And I'm enjoying it. But I'm I'm missing more these quieter um, types of games, mm-hmm. and yeah, this is definitely one of those really for me. And the second one is Campo Santo gave us Firewatch, uh, their game uh, in the Valley of the Gods, or the in the Valley of Gods, I should say, which I believe at the moment is only going to be a PC or Steam title at the moment. But there is a hope that they'll branch it out to consoles. Um, this they released that they dropped this really gorgeous teaser, first person. Uh, tomb filmmakers, I think in 1920s, 30s Egypt, who are just there to make this film whilst wandering through the ruins of this, um, of these, these pyramids, the, these Egyptian tombs, as it were. I know nothing beyond that, but it just looks beautiful, looks stunning. And if you think back to the, the colour scheme, like I think it was Ollie Moss's art design on, um, Firewatch, then yeah, this is going to be an absolute visual treat as well. And hopefully, It'll have um, a similarly engaging story as well. So, yeah, those are my two titles, really, for this year that I'm looking forward to the most. I've kind of got two as well. Although I don't actually know if either of them are are coming out in 2019. Uh, But these are just the two games that I'm most looking forward to, full stop. Um, One is obvious, which is The Last of Us uh, Part 2. Of course. Uh, Obvious. Um, The second one is also quite obvious, but this is the game that I'm most looking forward to, and it's Oddworld Soulstorm. Yeah. I don't know when it's coming out. Um, notice the film, the, what the game that I'm not most looking forward to isn't Sh- isn't Shenmue 3. Oh, I am thinking, well, I'm looking forward to it, but if you were to give me Shenmue 3 and Oddworld, actually, if you were to give me Shenmue 3 or Oddworld Soulstorm, I've waited so long for Shenmue 3, I might have to go with that. Yeah, anyway, I've made my decision. Oddworld Soulstorm. I love the Oddworld games. I thought New and Tasty was fantastic, and I'm super, super excited because my understanding is it's not um, with Odd, with New and Tasty was a kind of a a, a reimagining of uh, Abe's Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Now my understanding that is that Soulstorm is not a reimagining of Abe's Exodus, which was the sequel, which involved um, Soulstorm Brew. So obviously it's taking its name from there. But my understanding is it's 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 a relatively original new game, um, and I just can't wait. Um, so yeah, the the sooner that can come out and I can play that, the better. That'll be one that I get day one. Hmm. Absolutely. Now, Pete, do you want to give us some really obscure random titles that we've never heard of? Yeah, sure. Um, so I am. Uh, I'm most looking forward to in video games I'm most looking forward to um, whatever they end up calling the Animal Crossing game that comes out on Switch 
because I'm a really big Animal Crossing fan, and I would really, and I think 2019 is the year of chilling out, and I can't think of a better place to chill out in than the lovely world of Animal Crossing. Um, uh, and playing that on my Switch would be lovely. Um, and then, just because I don't want to disappoint you, Dan, um, uh, what I'm really, really looking forward to in the world of tabletop games uh, is uh, a game called Bushido and it's Risen Sun. So Risen Sun is the third edition, is the upcoming third edition of the tabletop war game Bushido. Um, so we're on New Dawn at the moment. There was, I can't remember what the original one was called. I think it was just called Bushido. Uh, then it was Bushido New Dawn and now it, uh, there's going to be Bushido Risen Sun and uh, it is a complete rework of the rulebook for Bushido, which, as much as I love that game, it desperately needs like an editor. And uh, the GCT Studios, which is the company that's behind it, is really really cool and like really good at making models. And I really like the setting. And um, this third edition hopefully will be much more accessible than previous ones and it, I, it it's a really good the game is already a, a well it's a very good i would say quite complex skirmish game which is like a small scale small number of models uh tabletop miniatures game um and i think it could be even more accessible than that um and i think that that'd be really really good um, for that for that to happen, and I can't wait to see what they do. Uh, they're talking about like updating all the little player cards that you get, and updating the rule book, and like um, like stripping out some of the like fluff uh, fluffy um, the rules that just aren't needed and stuff like that. I think it's gonna be really yeah, it's it's gonna be really really good. Um, it's currently beta, and I'm really tempted to just play it, but I kind of just want to also just wait. So um, so there you go. Uh, that's that's what I'm into. That's what I'm going to be hopefully into. Anyway, um, it's an exciting year ahead. There's clearly a lot of really cool games. Yeah, there's a lot of really nice things. Actually, you know what? I think I think 2019 is going to be a good one. It's going to be a goodie. Um, and um, yeah, and I think uh, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be nice. Um, I'd be genuinely interested. Like actually, on on the twitters, on the face, on the soch, as Sam would say. One of the things I'd be really, really interested to know from our listeners, actually, is what they're excited about in 2019. And, like, we mentioned, like, the email, the Twitter, the Facebook. I'd be really genuinely excited to know what they're interested in because, apart from anything, like, I'd like some recommendations. Um, yeah, completely, always, definitely. So, uh, yeah, like, let us know if you got, uh, if you got if there's stuff that we should be, like, looking out for in 2019 because we don't know all of it. So that was the Staying In podcast with Daniel Frost, Chris Darby and Peter Willington. If something in this episode made you smile or laugh or have a little think, then please consider subscribing so you get the next one as soon as it's released. This programme is all about sharing those things that we enjoy with those closest to us. So if you have a friend, a relative, mate, pal or chum who you think would love the Staying In podcast, then all we ask is that you tell them about it. Talking of sharing, if you need some more details on anything we've talked about on this episode, then go to stayingin.podbean.com or contact any of us via Twitter at stayinginpod. If you want to ask us a question, then a great place to start is with the email stayinginpod at gmail.com. But if you're more comfortable using Facebook or Twitter, then we are on there too. 
We also have curation pages on Steam and BoardGameGeek, so if you're ever stuck for something to do, then search for us on there and we can guide you to the awesome stuff that we all love. Until next time, thank you for listening and goodbye.